my assignment tonight is to serve Holy Communion on this lovely, beautiful, glorious day, Christmas Eve, just before we get ready to go to bed and wait on Santa Claus to come or whatever it is you do at your house to celebrate. Certainly you'll remember the Christ of Christmas. We know that. But just about 48 hours ago, and I've spent about all of it in the Word since then, the Holy Ghost deposited a direct download into my spirit of something I'd like to share with you tonight. I'm gonna to continue a little bit from where we left off on Sunday morning, so I hope you were with us. Don't forget, get your elements ready. Find yourself a, my daddy used to say a soda cracker. I don't know why I called him that, but get yourself a saltine cracker or something and get yourself some juice and we'll be ready to receive the table of the Lord just in a few moments. But before we do, I'm gonna just give you a little deposit of a word for this Christmas Eve. Luke chapter 19 and verse 10 records these words. The Son of Man, of course you know that's Jesus, has come to do two things, this verse says, to seek and to save that which was lost. And then in Mark chapter 10 verse 45, the Bible says the Son of Man again, Jesus, came not to be served, but to serve and to surrender his life, a ransom for many. I wanna to talk to you a little bit again about the God that came to seek and save and serve and surrender. Uh, God dropped this little thought in my mind. The merry-go-round or the ladder let down. You know, in most of our lives, since our childhood, there have basically been three prominent, dominant, formidable figures that have informed and shaped our attitudes, our actions around the Christmas season. Two are clearly fictional, but one is purely fact-based. So let's talk tonight a little bit about Scrooge. Let's talk a little bit about Santa Claus, or as we said in Eastern Kentucky, Santa Claus. Anything that ended in an A is actually an E pronunciation, so we called him Santa Claus. And then the third, the Savior. So Scrooge, Santa Claus, and the Savior. Are you ready? Certainly the most unenjoyable of the three, certainly at least prior to his conversion after he was visited by the spirits of Christmas past, the spirits of Christmas present, the spirit of Christmas future, comes to us from that great, great work by the novelist Charles Dickens. It's entitled A Christmas Carol. It was first published in December of 1943. Now, Charles Dickens' father was employed as a clerk at a Navy pay office, and he was thrown into something that was very, very prominent at that time. He was thrown, Elder Lowe, into debtor's prison. It's a good thing we don't have those today, or there'd be a whole lot of folk in debtor's prison. 
The year was 1824. Charles Dickens at the time was only 12 years old. But with his father in prison, he was sent to work at 12 years of age in a factory. Now the main character of that Christmas classic, of course, is the uncaring, deeply unsympathetic, ill-tempered and irritable, crabby and crotchety, Mr. Ebenezer Scrooge. Unfortunately, but also undoubtedly, oh, Mr. Scrooge, well, he's still walking around among us. You know them. They take every opportunity to pour ice water on every part and portion of the warm glow of any Christmas spirit at all. They're mean money grubbers. They're the penny pinchers pouting and the miserable misers who mix in among us and diminish and try to destroy the merriment and the hope of every holiday celebration. Ah, they groan, they moan, a bah humbug at the very thought of getting, getting anyone a gift or a present at all. Their grief, their grumbling, are only magnified when they realize that their gift, which they spent $2.50 for, was returned by a gift costing only $2. They dislike the music. They disdain the decorations. And of course, they view the shrieks, the laughter from excited children as an abominable annoyance an agonizing assault on the delicate sensibilities of their ears. Taking up the second spot, oh, of course, that iconic symbol of the season himself, Santa Claus. Yep, jolly old Saint Nick. Now, don't get me wrong. I love a good Santa song. I like a good Santa story. I like a good Santa Claus movie in my Christmas festivities as much as the next guy, but only as long as Santa is an addition to the season. Certainly in no way becoming the main character or the center of the celebration. I mean, after all, what's not to like about Santa Claus? He's loved by everybody, including his staff and his wife. He's especially adored by all the kids. Why he's endearing, makes everybody happy. Possibly just a little bit more kind, a little bit more considerate, at least for a few days. I think I like this probably the most. Uh, he's a portly gentleman just a tad rotund. He's overweight, so he gets to wear a big blousy loose-fitting suit, and his belly jiggles like a bowl full of jelly. Certainly makes me a little more comfortable with the guy. Uh, he's allowed to wear a full-grown beard. They won't let me do that around here. If I could, I'd grow one like Santa Claus all the way down about my waist. And it's white at that. It's not just any beard either. 
It's a beard that would become the envy of every outdoorsman, every Harley Davidson rider, every tattoo artist you know. He's never shamed, not even for having a cookie at every house he stops at around the world and all that before bed. Not only does he have a deer, eight deer with massive antlers, they're trained to pull that righteous sleigh and can fly and make that smoking hot ride travel at the very speed of light. But I'll have to admit, I'm just a smidge uncomfortable with that fur collar and, and those patent leather boots. I'm not real sure about that right there. But I'll let that slide. Hey, it's Christmas. Why, just look at what this jolly old generous soul affords to us all at Christmas time. His arrival announces the annual season of frolic and frivolity. First, there's all the comfort food. No place here now for a little side salad without any help of sugar-laden dressing, of course. No calorie counting is allowed. It's all totally taboo. So go ahead. Help your fine self tomorrow to a mountainous pile of turkey, ham, roasted beast. Never ever let the resident family wait watching calorie counting workout Nazi Grinch Steal your feast. You remember, don't you? Dr. Seuss said he took the Who's feast. He took the Who's pudding. He took the roasted beast. He cleaned out the icebox as quick as a flash. Why, the Grinch even took their last can of hash. No, sir. No, ma'am. Bring on a carb fest. Let's start with bread, sweet bread and corn bread, deep fried bread, hot bread, buttered bread, bread pudding too, and anything and everything called bread. And then some health food. We'll make that old calorie counter happy. We'll add some green beans, but not without about a gallon of mushroom gravy and about three inches of fried onions on top. Don't forget the stuffing. Lots and lots, lots of stuffing. I'll have a cup of mashed potatoes, please, and three cups of gravy to wash it all down. Sweet potatoes with melted marshmallows on top, too. And before we lapse into a food coma, there's the overflow of sweet confections. Mm. The pies, the cakes, the cookies. Uh, no fruit, please. Just cakes, pies, and cookies. And oh, we can't forget an entire platter of homespun Kentucky potato candy and Kentucky peanut butter fudge. Thanks, Santa. We all love the glorious lights 
adorning the houses, decorating the stores, filling the winter's clouded darkness with the brilliance of a star-filled summer night. The beautiful evergreen trees loaded down with every variation of ornamental extravagance imaginable. And the parties, all the parties, they go on day after day and night after night. And all the beautiful white, frosty snow and mistletoe and presents beneath the tree. Yeah, we'll all be home for Christmas, if only in our dreams. Isn't it a wonderful spell that Santa Claus casts over our better judgment and sensibilities. You know, that magical way that Santa blesses every one of we adults with all the guilt-free commercial joy our credit card limits will allow. Yes, sir. Why we spend sleepless nights just dreaming up what useless gift to spend our hard-earned cash, no, no, we don't have cash, our hard-earned credit upon. We don't even really like most of the folks we're worried about getting a gift for. Well, they've already got more than they need, certainly more than they want, for sure more than they'll ever begin to use. Excuse me, it seems I've let a bit of Scrooge slip back in here. My dear friend, let me remind all of us of this very strong reality. Santa is only here for a very, very short season. He'll be gone before you know it. And then the Christmas crash and the bills. Oh, the bills. You remember, they're going to stick around long after the eggnog's gone, long after Santa's spell has worn off. Yep, there's a payday someday for a Santa-centered Christmas. It comes a lot sooner than we think. I was just thinking, everything sure does seem different when Santa Claus comes to town. Mark my words well, just as soon as Dancer and Prancer and Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen hit the sky and Rudolph with his nose so bright, leading them all back to that imaginary North Pole in the sky with a hearty ho, ho, ho from the chief elf himself as he shouts in haunting tones, Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. At that moment, that's when our hearty and heavy post-Christmas hangover kicks us in the head and swings us into overdrive. It's all been so intoxicating, though. Because you see, it's all just a fable. It's just a myth. It's just a story. It's not real. 
It's just a cycle, like riding on a merry-go-round that starts and ends at the same December 25th and 26th every year. Now that brings me to our third figure. He's the one you see who should be the epicenter of the whole celebration. He's the fact-based one. You see, there can never and must never ever be a Christmas without Christ Jesus, heaven's perfect lamb. When he left heaven's majesty and leaped into an earthly manger, he came to redeem us from sin and restore and revitalize that broken and fractured relationship between a timeless God and a temporal man. There was no mm, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Parade marching down Main Street in the Magic Kingdom at Disney World when he arrived. There were no corporate parties, no holiday feasts, no annual celebration, no gifts, no glowing lights, no sleigh, no sleigh bells, ring, ring, ringling, ting, ting, tingling too, no chestnuts roasting on an open fire, no Jack Frost nipping at your nose, no kids dressed up like Eskimos, no holly, no mistletoe. But without the Savior, we're left with nothing but Scrooge's disillusionment and Santa Claus fantasy. The stark reality is that true Christmas peace, true Christmas joy can't be found in any earthly holiday. You see, the experience we all search for at Christmas is simply not of this world. Your fulfillment and mine never going to be found in a new husband or a new wife. You'll never find that peace looking for a new career, a new automobile, or a new home. You can't find it at the bottom of an empty bottle. You can't realize it. That stealing needle pierced into your arm. You can't find it in the menagerie of pills, nor frankly, anywhere or from anything this world has to offer. Nope. Only a personal and up-to-date relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ can bring you true and lasting joy, true and lasting peace. He alone can bring meaning and purpose to your tribulations and your triumphs, to your failures and your hopes. Only that baby born in a manger, born to die and live again, can bring meaning and purpose to your birth 
and your eventual and inescapable death. When you truly accept the living Christ of Christmas, the merry-go-round of Christmas screeches to a halt. A ladder. You see, a ladder was let down over the sapphire sill of heaven's gate right there into Bethlehem's manger. It was put there just for you. And if you'll just take hold of it, unlike the December 26th crash landing every year as you go back into the futility of attempting to live life without the source of all life. Your life, your eternity, your long, long journey with Jesus Christ, the Christ of Christmas, or it'll never ever come to an end. Because the steadfast love of the Lord, you see, it never ceases. His mercies, they never ever come to an end. They're new every morning. They're new every morning because great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. Great is thy faithfulness. This very night. You can exchange your Santa Claus parenthesis every year with a permanent life of victory and everlasting joy. This week, we experienced the Christmas star in a very, very spellbinding way. It reminded me that the wise men, they had to seek him. They had to look for him. Wise men still do. But hear me tonight. You'll never find him clad in a red suit at the local department store. He can't be found in the media section either. Not even in Dickens' classic A Christmas Carol with Ebenezer Scrooge, not even in It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart. No. Let me tell you where, where you'll find him. Somewhere way in the back of the store, mm. on a forgotten, dusty and looked over bookshelf over in a corner, You'll find his book. It's still the bestseller of all time. It's called the Holy Bible. He's here on every page. Here's what he's saying. I came to seek you and to save you. I came to serve you. I came to surrender my life for you on an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame for a world of lost sinners was slain. Would you let me introduce you to him tonight? On this Christmas Eve, 
the midst of all the tinsel and tinkling bells and evergreen trees and twinkling lights on an ebony, starless night. This could be your silent night. This could be the night when you in your weary world await him. This could be the night, this Christmas Eve, when you fall on your knees and hear the angel voices. Here's what he said in John 3, 16 and 17. For God loved you so much that he gave his only begotten son, the greatest Christmas gift ever given. We pause at the manger and we, we peer in and we wonder at its meaning. Here it is, that if you would just believe in him, you would not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Would you pray with me right now? On this Christmas Eve, there was no room for him at the end, but there was room in a stable. I believe there's room in your heart for the living Christ of Christmas tonight. Would you just pray this simple prayer with me? Just repeat after me. Lord Jesus Christ, the Christ of Christmas, I know that you paid the awful price for my sin. And on this Christmas Eve, as you were received into that manger in a stable, I receive you into my heart in the midst of the chaos of this world. Forgive my sins. Give me eternal life. I accept you as Lord and Savior. And I'm about to have the greatest Christmas of my life. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.